to the College Student Success Podcast, podcast where college students and faculty come together to talk about mental health, wellness, mentorship, and entrepreneurship. Together, we set and achieve goals for ourselves to get us where we want to be. I'm your host, Derek Malinzak, and this is episode 106 of the podcast. And happy fall to all of you. I feel like it was still like feeling kind of summery when I recorded at the end of September. I had it in my mind to put this episode out uh, around the end of October, and it got a little bit away from me. Uh, but here I am, uh, beginning in November, and thinking about this as I've started to, you know, think about my new routine for the podcast. Uh, you know, once a month I didn't have in my mind, but if that turned out to be my new unofficial schedule of about one new episode a month. I would not be disappointed with that. Uh, I hope you guys would not either. And so, I don't know, we'll see. But I had this idea in my mind shortly after I recorded the last episode, and it's been sort of brewing. I've come back to this article that I found that I want to talk to you guys about and made some realizations about it and how it relates back to some of the stuff we talk about on the College Student Success Podcast. So I want to share that with you. Uh, and uh, so let's get right into it, right? So today I have an article I want to talk about. And I found this article, I don't know, about a month ago, I'd say. Yeah, like I said, it was right around when I recorded the last episode. I don't even remember where I found it. I had a... Uh, it was linked either on Reddit or Twitter, or, you know, some blog. I don't remember, but I saw the link and I clicked it. I read it and I was like, I don't know. This seems like a good topic to talk about for the podcast. And then forgot about it for a few weeks and then came back to it. And that's when I started to make my realizations. So let's talk about it, shall we? The article is from success.com. And I will link to it in the show notes for today. And it's... Pretty straightforward article. Uh, some might call it clickbait in that it seems like it was one of those articles that is, you know, probably not a lot of thought or effort put into, but designed to get people to, you know, click on it because it's one of those list type articles. It's called 10 Simple Steps to a Happier You. And I just feel like I see these types of articles all over social media and I usually skip over them, to be honest, because I don't typically find them very, uh, I don't know if it's helpful, but it's just nothing I haven't heard already, right? And uh, so it's kind of odd that I, I, I saw this one and thought, oh, I, I kind of want to give this one more of my time, but I did. And you know, here we are <laughs> making a podcast about it. So... It is pretty simple, as it, as it would uh, indicate in the title, 10 Simple Steps to a Happier You. And there are basically 10 things, uh, suggestions. They form an acronym, Great Dream, uh, to sprinkle some happy into your life and the lives of others. So I kind of wanted to make this episode more of a mental health episode. I feel like I haven't given mental health its due diligence, and so... I thought this article would be a good way to kind of go over some things that would be happy, would be uh, positive for your mental health and get, you know, people that might be struggling with their mood, feeling a little bit better. Uh, these things kind of resemble coping strategies to me as well. They resemble 
things that could go inside your wellness toolbox uh, for when you're struggling or things that could maybe become part of your routine uh, to keep you well from day to day. Uh, so I'm going to go through them and then I'm going to go and, and talk a little bit about the realization that I made. So here they are. Uh, so number one is giving, do things for others. Caring about others is fundamental to our happiness. How helping other people is not only good for them and a great thing to do, but it also makes us happier and healthier too. So I'm just going to kind of read a few sentences for each one. Number two, relating, connect with people. Relationships are the most important overall contributor to happiness. People with strong and broad social relationships are happier healthier and live longer close relationships with family and friends provide love meaning and support and increase our feelings of self-worth okay that's number two number three exercise take care of your body being active makes us happier as well as being good for our physical health won't spend too much time on that one number four appreciating notice the world around you uh Learning to be more mindful and aware can do wonders for our well-being in all areas of life, like our walk to work, the way we eat, and or our relationships. Number five, trying out. Keep learning new things. Learning affects our well-being in a lot of positive ways, exposes us to new ideas, helps us stay curious. Number six, direction. Have goals to look forward to. Feeling good about the future is important. We need goals to motivate us, and these need to be challenging enough to excite us, but also achievable. Number seven, resilience. Find ways to bounce back. Uh, how we respond has a big impact on our well-being when we are met with times of stress, loss, failure, or trauma. Number eight, emotion. Take a positive approach. Positive emotions, joy, gratitude, contentment, inspiration, pride, uh, recent research shows that regularly ex experiencing them creates an upward spiral, helping us to build our resources. Number nine, acceptance. Be comfortable with who you are. Uh, learn to accept yourself, warts and, warts and all, and be kinder to ourselves. And then 10 is meaning. Be, be part of something bigger. People who have meaning and purpose in their lives are happier, feel more in control, and get more out of what they do. All right, so... That is the 10 simple steps. Seems easy enough, right? And again, nothing that I look at and think, wow, that is stuff that I never heard before and I'm gonna go out and do that tomorrow. This serves as sort of a reminder, I guess, in some ways to think about some areas of your life that you've been neglecting and sort of maybe some easy ways to get back into making that a regular part of your life or just an occasional part of your life that may have escaped you or maybe just something you've never tried before that you would be interested in. So why do I care, right? I could have made a list like this myself and just shared it with you guys, but I chose this one. Well, part of it has to do with what I saw, what jumped out at me when I looked at these because I like lists, and I think a lot of people do, because that's how a lot of articles seem to uh, take the shape of these days. And one of the big lists we use here at the College Student Success Podcast and in our curriculum at my school is the eight dimensions of wellness, right? And we've dedicated uh, 
large pieces of the podcast to discussing them. But it's these eight ways, these eight dimensions that you want to, even if you don't attend to all of them, at least explore them on a consistent basis uh, to make sure that you are sort of making the most satisfying lifestyle choices that you could be, right? And that you're not neglecting anything. And the idea of wellness is sort of a antithesis to I guess, disability, right? When you think of the term disability, you're thinking of it's a negative term, right? You're thinking, oh, there's something wrong with somebody. They had an ability, now they don't, whether it's to regulate their mood or, um, you know, control thoughts or whatever. And wellness is sort of the the uh, complementary way of looking at it to be like, okay, you know, everybody has things that you know, may not be considered uh, diagnosable disabilities, but they're they're flaws, right? They're things that we would wish were better. And, but we also have a lot of great things for us, right? Um, there are strengths are in the mind of the, the recovery model people like myself are what define us much more than what we can't do. So let's look at it in terms of a strengths focus and consider what we do for our wellness, what keeps us happy and healthy. So, all right, now let's look at these again. Let's look at these 10 steps to a happier you and try and map them onto the dimensions of wellness. And let's see what we come up with, okay? All right, so we had number one was giving, right? Uh, So giving doing things for others. And I have certainly talked about this in podcasts past. I typically do an episode about gratitude, um, which is sort of, I think it's in another one. That's more, um, sorry, in the moment here. I wanted to see if I was getting ahead of myself. No, I think I'll talk about it here. But I talk about gratitude uh, usually around Thanksgiving and, you know, the power of it. I've talked about the science of it. So what is giving, giving of yourself? How does that relate to the eight dimensions of wellness? So I would say it relates closely to the occupational dimension. We define, or or SAMHSA, I should say, defines the occupational dimension of wellness as deriving personal satisfaction and enrichment from one's work. Right. So that's not exactly what this is saying, right? Doing things for others makes us happier. I think that the point in uh, the success.com article is that, you know, they even say it's not all about money. We can also give our time, ideas, and energy. But I see it as occupational in that if you think of what the term occupation means, it means, you know, to be occupied with something, right? Um, work is a big thing that we think about when we think about, occup- you know, our occupation tends to be our career, right, uh, or related to it. Um, and I hope people derive a great deal of personal satisfaction. Even if they don't love their job, They, I hope they love, you know, their field in some way or, or their career, Maybe this job is just a stepping stone to where you want to be. Or it might be in more of a selfless, um, uh, altruistic, humanistic way, doing things for others. Um, And you may not get paid for it. That's what the article, the point of the article is trying to make. But it's still, you still get some sort of social reward, right? And that that counts as payment in my mind. And it will also get some sort of boost to your self-worth. And it's all because you're doing something. It's because you are occupying yourself. 
uh, and it might be work and paid work or it might be work and just volunteer work or just something you're doing to help somebody out. You derive a great deal of personal satisfaction from that. It makes you happier. So I'm going to map it onto the occupational dimension of wellness, doing things for others. All right. How about number two, relating or connecting with other people? Uh, so I believe that one pretty a little bit more straightforward relates to the social dimension of wellness. And uh, I don't think I mentioned it yet, but I have the article. I know I mentioned I had the article linked up for you in the show notes, but I also have a one-page PDF of the eight dimensions of wellness and just a rundown of what each of them are and just a really quick short description, but I do mention them here as well. So relating, connecting with other people, to me is speaks closely to the social dimension of wellness or developing a sense of connection, um, belonging, and a well-developed support system, right? Um, I think about it a lot when we talk about the, the goals and values and principles of psychiatric rehabilitation in, in my courses, um, how we stress uh, connection with family, right? And, and fam family is just one part of your social uh, connections. But, you know, we we know the research behind it that shows, you know, somebody with a cl family that is close and supportive tends to do better, tends to have better outcomes. People that have, uh, you know, I don't know about the research on number of friends versus, you know, quality of friends. Um, but I know that having friends versus not having friends, again, the people with friends tend to have much better outcomes, you know, tend to be happier uh, and just more, just well connected in those object, objective ways that we would think of as favorable, right? Better jobs or more highly employed or just, you know, education wise, quality of life wise. All right, so we're going to map on the idea of relating or connecting with people to the social dimension of wellness. So you guys see what I'm doing here? Basically, what the argument I'm trying to make is this, uh, this article from success.com is basically just the eight dimensions of wellness uh, regurgitated in a different way. So that's my hypothesis when I started doing this. Let's see if it worked out that way. Number three, exercising, taking care of your body. Won't spend a lot of time on that one. That one very clearly maps onto the physical dimension of wellness, recognizing the need for physical activity, diet, sleep, and nutrition. Uh, I think I don't have to convince many people here of that mind-body connection and that in order to feel good mentally, usually it requires us taking steps to lead a more uh, physically healthy lifestyle as well. And there's tons of goals that, you know, people set, uh, hopefully, you know, thinking with the College Student Success podcast in mind and some of the tips and tricks we've talked about to help with goal achievement. Uh, I hope people have taken on exercise goals. I mean, I have. I had a whole uh, semester dedicated to improving in this area, and it took a long time to figure out what was going to work for me. But I figured it out. Uh, so, and, and I'm so glad I see the benefits now a year later. Um, just they're so, they're so clear to me. So um, it's a hard one, right? This one really relates to the, the stages of change. You have to be ready to take on a physical health goal. Um, you have to be ready to take on any goal, but I just feel like these stand out because there's, 
there's so much you have to do on your own as opposed to uh, what other people can do to help. All right, number four. What does number four look like from a wellness dimension? It is called appreciating and noticing the world around you. Uh, they talk about being more mindful of your surroundings. And that to me, when I hear that, it just so clearly means your or relates to your environmental dimension of wellness, right? Good health by occupying pleasant, stimulating environments that support well-being, right? And I would add on like noticing them and appreciating them, right? Um, I do this every once in a while. This is stupid, but... Uh, so every once in a while when I just, I'm feeling particularly content, I, it often happens when I'm walking my dog, you know, and it, it'll be like after I finished working or, you know, just like a bunch of stress off my shoulders. And I just kind of look up and I just sort of sit there and, and pause for a second and just appreciate everything. Um, it it sort of to me relates to that environmental dimension in, in that noticing what environments you thrive in and which ones you do not, and then taking the active steps to put yourself in those satisfying environments and limit your exposure to those negative environments. This might relate to your living environment, and if it does and it's not satisfying, that's like usually a, that's usually a big place to start. Um, solving that problem or, or at least improving it my guess is would lead to help in other areas or other dimensions as well, just by sheer, you know, changing it within the chain reaction that would follow. All right, so we have now number five. Let's see if that relates to a dimension. Trying out and keeping, uh, keep learning new things. Uh, I can't speak to this one enough. This is just to me so clearly the intellectual dimension of wellness, recognizing creative abilities, finding ways to expand knowledge and skills, right? This for probably many of you guys means, you know, being in college, right? And, um, you know, you're learning skills in college, but it could also be learning to play the guitar, right? Uh, it means remaining curious, I was in a training uh, a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> and I just brought this up because I'd heard about it recently. Uh, this was, I definitely saw on Twitter, the idea of like, as, as children, we're just so naturally curious. And then f some of us lose that curiosity as we get older, and we just become, I don't know, not curious. And I'm blessed to still be curious. I still love to learn new things, but I see people around me that are not. And it, it, I think it really does impact their, their mental health and their just overall growth and, and well-being. So try new things. You know, I just, when I see somebody or know somebody that has that, that characteristic about them, I just appreciate it so much because it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to put yourself out there. I think it, part of why we lose this as adults is we just, our self-consciousness becomes... Ugh, I don't want to say unmanageable, but for some of us, it probably is. And as a kid, we don't we don't have as much of that. I feel like so. Keep trying new things. Keep learning new things. That is rewarding and um, nurturing your intellectual dimension of wellness. All right, number six. Have goals to look forward to. Direction. This one to me is like a general one. This this does not map onto any one direction. I mean, any one dimension. Uh, because we should have goals to look forward to uh, 
I don't want to say in every dimension of wellness because not every dimension is important to every person, but the ones that are important to us, we should have goals for. So this relates to all of the, the dimensions, right? Have goals to look forward to. That is why I created this podcast, right? So I, you know that this is something that I'm in favor of, but this is something that is just just about wellness in general. It's not about any one particular dimension. All right, so we're just going to call that one uh, all dimensions, okay? All right, I'm going to take numbers seven, eight, and nine together because to me they all relate to one dimension, and they were resilience or finding ways to bounce back, taking a positive approach, and being comfortable with who you are. Now these very uh, clearly to me, relate to the emotional dimension of wellness or coping effectively with life and creating satisfying relationships, right? Uh, We don't do that if we don't know how to bounce back from trauma, from just bad luck, uh, from whatever it is that's that's impeding us, right? Um, I talked about this in the last episode with Carol Dweck and the growth mindset, right? It's all about learning resiliency strategies. Um, You know, some of the things we talk about, you know, movement towards your goals, um, being proactive, right? Um, Having a positive self-view of yourself and a hopeful outlook. And you see, a hopeful outlook relates to taking a positive approach. That to me is all about coping effectively with life. You could take a negative approach and to me, that's, that, that to me is not coping positively um, or effectively. And this is to me, like as far as being a parent, the number one thing I'm trying to teach my son on a day-to-day basis is, you know, he, he kind of laughs when I say it at this point, but it's like, look on the bright side. Because I think at a young age, or even at the old age, you know, through cognitive behavioral therapy, you can teach people patterns of thinking. And if they're in a negative pattern, like, ugh, this glass is half empty. Um, it takes a while, and it's certainly easier to do when you're a child, is to sort of nurture this idea that when you look at that glass, you're like, actually, it's half full. And the the science behind that shift, it's maybe not so subtle, but an important one is is stark when you look at you know people's overall well-being that have a more optimistic outlook. It, it's critical to be in the in the helping professions that. I am trying to, uh, you know, teach students in my department about, and I'm sure all you teachers out there can relate. Uh, And then being comfortable with who you are. This is a tough one, right? This one might be the most challenging one on this list. Learning to accept yourself, being kinder to yourself, um, allowing yourself to indulge in self-care. And indulge is probably even a bad word choice because it shouldn't seem like an indulgence to take care of your body, to take care of your mind. So it's all about, for me, it's a constant struggle, you know. But once you can sort of level up in this area, again, um, similar to one of the ones I said earlier that would have, uh, oh, the environmental one that would have an impact in other areas, um, if you can even make small positive steps towards becoming more comfortable with yourself. You'll see it in those other dimensions. And then we have the last one, meaning being part of something bigger. And when a lot of people, when they think of something bigger than them, think of spirituality. 
uh, it's something that I think about and expanding our sense of purpose and meaning in our lives. And for some, it's it's straightforward, right? Being a member of a, a, a religious congregation um, or things like, you know, more Far Eastern types of um, spirituality, you know, meditation, yoga, etc., um, but we recognize that and, and value its importance by giving spirituality its own dimension of wellness. So that's where we're left with the 10 steps, right? So we've got, let's go through them one more time. We've got doing things for others, the occupational dimension, connecting with people, the social dimension, taking care of your body, the physical dimension, noticing the world around you, the environmental dimension, trying, uh, keeping, keep learning new things, the intellectual dimension, having goals to look forward to, we said is a catch-all for all the dimensions, finding ways to bounce back, taking a positive approach and being comfortable with who you are, all relate to the emotional dimension of wellness, being a part of something bigger, relates to the spiritual dimension. Okay, so what's left? Uh, So looking, there are eight dimensions and there's one that we didn't discuss yet. And so in my mind, this is one that was left off of this list of 10 simple steps to a happier you. And to me, it's a really important one. And I see why they left it off because they probably thought, ah, nobody's gonna want this amongst all these other high-minded, really in some ways philosophical and uh, steps and suggestions. And it's the financial dimension of wellness. Um, Something a little more concrete, something that sort of is a big contrast for a lot of people to, you know, spirituality and, you know, learning new things and being comfortable with yourself and the things we we spoke about. But to me, it's just as important. the idea that you know money doesn't buy happiness is rings true for me, but it does buy peace of mind. Um, having a, a, a living wage and knowing that you are not going to you know lose the place you're living or be able to afford school or food, um, the people lose sleep at night over that kind of shit. And if you're losing sleep over it, it it's going to be infecting you negatively in other parts of your life too. So your financial, your financial wellness is super important and I think neglected uh, because of this list. So I thought about it for a while and I created my own simple step 11. And it, I didn't want to make it something like, a, I didn't want to make it something like get a job, you know, because th- that's not simple. And it, it, I don't want it to, to relate so straightforward to money because financial wellness is more than just money. Uh, they define it, uh, SAMHSA defines it as satisfaction with current and future financial situations. So it's, as a student, you might not be currently very satisfied with your financial wellness, but you're you're doing something about that long term by being in school and doing well and sort of having a, a career plan in mind. Um, but we have a, a we have a step for planning. But here's my here's my eleven step, and I made it very simple. 
in in the spirit of the list, which was to document. And I expanded on it. Document. Track the areas of your life that you want to change. This may take the form of a journal for your thoughts, a financial budget, a weight log, a food diary, etc. What gets measured gets managed. And some of you may have heard that phrase before. I'll say it again. What gets measured gets managed. Um, it's the idea of in business, right? If you're neglecting to track something, then you do not really have any control over it. And once you track it, once you document, okay, this is what happens with this every day, you know, um, you start to notice the patterns and you start to be able to manage that thing better, right? Um, So think about this from a financial wellness standpoint, right? I used to keep a budget, but this one may, in a way that I wrote it, be a catch-all for all these other uh, rules like the you know, having goals is because I think not everybody believes this. A lot of people believe don't document their goals and just kind of say things and they achieve them. So I can't say it's a, it's a universal rule, but I think that just documentation, um, and that doesn't have to be with pen and paper. It could be with, um, a computer. It could be with video. It could be a podcast, uh, any kind of content you create, I think can have a positive impact on your life and could lead to financial compensation for it, right? I don't charge for this podcast. I don't make any money off this podcast. I lose money off of it because it takes time um, that I could be doing something for money. But I'm also building, like we were talking about earlier, probably building social capital in some way. You know, I'm giving something back. So Number one, we talked about, right, doing things for others. This is one of those things that I do, and it takes time, and at the end of it, I'm usually proud of it. So it certainly contributes to my overall positive wellness and well-being, and I hope listening to it helpfully, positively contributes to yours as well. So simple step number 11, document. Document the areas in your life that are problematic for you and even the ones that are that are your strengths, um, however that might be. Whatever, whatever way to document it makes sense. Uh, and it could be for an accountability purpose, right? Or it could be for a, just a pure content creation purpose that will serve you in some way down the line. Brand building, social capital, just feeling good about the, the work that you put out or the content that you put out, all right? Anyway, so that is this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And so over this next month, I actually have a, um, a conference that I will be attending down in Florida. And it's all about online learning. It's a national online learning consortium conference in Orlando. So pretty excited about that. I will be presenting with a colleague on a paper that uh, a study that we did and then uh, wrote a paper that recently got accepted for publication. So I was pretty excited about that. And we'll be presenting on it. And I hope to come back and do an episode after that conference, something related to online learning. I'm going to go into that conference really looking for some inspiration for a future podcast topic. Uh, So it's an interest of mine. I know I'll be learning a lot of cool stuff when I'm there. So I hope to turn something that I learned there into a podcast episode. So 
Anyway, hope you enjoyed that. Hope you got some value out of that. If you have any feedback you'd like to leave me, please do so. You can uh, check out the Facebook page, uh, the Twitter feed, or you could just send me an email, collegestudentsuccesspodcast at gmail.com. Hope you have a great week, great month, great everything, everybody. Have a good one. Peace.